And that's the main thing. I learned a shit ton about positive mindset, how to think and how to grow and how to think on a higher level. And so once I got out of that company, I was like, okay, it was a magic. It was called Kong and water machines. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. It's like a water machine. It's pretty cool. Got out of that. And I was like, if I apply what I learned in the mortgages, what could I accomplish? Because I was already kind of doing a few deals here and there in mortgages. And this was like 2018. I was at Homebridge. Okay. So I uh, started applying stuff. And the first year I went from zero or, you know, not zero, but four million or whatever it was to like 20 million uh, just by basic just, shit, cold calling, meeting yeah. with realtors, things like that. Welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world to see what moves they've made in their lives to get successful and more importantly, stay successful. I'm here to make sure you can create a better life for you and your family. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. We have an awesome guest today, someone who's local to Fresno, Mr. Corbin Claypool, number one in Nexa. Savage, millionaire before 30. Are you 29? 29. 29? Hell yeah, bro. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Dude, thank you for having me, bro. I'm excited. This is going to be awesome. And we've been trying to connect for what, like two months? Yeah, a while. I've been been seeing your stuff for probably a year on social media, bro. So it's good to finally meet you in person and do this thing. All right, man. I want to hear about very beginning Corbin. I don't know anything. Like What were you doing as a kid? And then lean into like, what in the hell got you into mortgages? Okay. Like how far back do we want to go? Are we young? Yeah, let's go we young, bro. I okay. got all the time in the world. Yeah. So uh, young Corbin, athlete, but also very nerdy kid. Like just love video games, love, you know, things like that. Um, but w- was a wrestler growing up, uh, played a little bit of football, but ended up getting out of football at a young age, like eighth grade. Uh, played water polo in high school. So always kind of had that competitive mentality that uh-huh. I've taken into the mortgage industry. But that's, yeah, basically a little bit about where I'm from. Um, yeah, you know, uh, parents are divorced, uh, two separate homes, but that was all good learning. You know, um, yeah. a lot of stuff that I learned growing up because of that. So, yeah. So what, how, what did you do before you got into mortgages, dude? I was a personal trainer in San Diego. So was just in San Diego, basically being a dumbass. Honestly, uh, had a lot of good friends that we had a good time just partying, you know, trying to go to school half ass was never a great. I was actually good going to school growing up, but then I kind of lost my focus at the beginning of high school and then trying to go to college. I just was never, you know, real focused on getting good grades or anything like that. So I, you know, oftentimes didn't go to class and shit like that. So what are you going to school for? You know, uh, funny growing up, my dad is a dentist. So, I, you know, he's always kind of like, you got to be a dentist. Now, he didn't my tell dad me you told, have to. My dad told me to be a dentist growing up. Did he really? He was like, you're going to be a dentist. Dude. You see this guy, he doesn't work. He works like four days a week. And he makes great money. And he makes great money. Yeah, dude. They <laughs> they don't make as much money as you think, man. They do okay, but it costs a shit ton, especially these days, to run a dental practice. It's so expensive. And well, well, I, I can't imagine the insurance. Oh, yeah. They don't. I mean, it doesn't pay like it used to. It used to pay good, but now the insurance isn't the same, you know, so. And can you even scale it out? Like, because don't you have to be the main dentist? There's been some guys that have scaled it out. There's a guy here in town. I I forget the company name, but he's scaled it out. He has multiple practices everywhere. So you could do that. But most of the time they're going to dental school because they really have a passion for it. 
my dad loves it and he doesn't he wants to work on people's mouths and teeth which i could never do but growing up i you know he kind of was he never told me i had to do it but you're just like kind of pushing me in that direction uh -huh. so i had this in the back of my head that i was gonna be a dentist when in reality i had no interest in ever becoming a dentist or ever doing anything like that so uh yeah that was the thought growing up but didn't work out became a personal trainer in san diego um and just was having a good time over there man wasn't really doing all a whole lot really as far as like moving advancing forward in yeah. life you know so how so why did you move back and how old were you uh moved back at 24 25 or so okay maybe a little maybe like 23 no 23 because that's when i met my wife okay um so moved back at 23 and just moved back to kind of get my shit together because my dad had moved back here and he was like hey man let's um you know let's get you back over here we'll get you focused again you know <laughs> i can actually tell a pretty crazy story if you want to hear it in yeah, san man. diego it kind of pushed that and catapulted it to me moving back so my dad was living in fresno i was in san diego i had a you know great group of friends we were at this massive party it was like there's probably 100 plus people there dude I mean, maybe more than that and it was a house party and um so we're all having a good time and this group of just guys that are a little sketchy they come walking in right they uh -huh. we think they're maybe gang affiliated or something like that and everybody's like who are these guys like why are these guys here well long story short he they get he gets in like this altercation with this chick named asia who was a really good friend of mine at the time and he like hits her so i like i'm in the area and i sock this guy in the face and then it just turns into this fat freaking thing where they are basically um they jump me put me in the corner of this room just beating the absolute shit out of me I was not going down, bro. Like I was going down with a fight, but there was five guys. There's nothing you can do when they're kicking you in the face, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, eventually my buddy gets over me. His name was Jesse. He, um, he was like an MMA and stuff. So he's like, Hey, get the fuck off him. You're going to kill him. You're going to kill him. Cause they were like going hard on me. And then after that, they hit him. And then the whole fucking party broke out in a fight. Like there's, it was crazy, dude. There's never seen anything like it. Uh, long story short, we get home or no, we drive home. We get home safely. Luckily um park my car outside go into the apartment buildings to kind of like you know go to bed and all that kind of uh -huh. stuff my buddy austin was like super drunk so he stayed in the car he's like i don't want to fucking leave i just want to sleep in the car we're trying to get him out we finally just leave him in the car we're like all right bro that's fine well when we go to sleep in the middle of the night he starts screaming dude that he's kidnapped he's like i'm fucking kidnapped i'm fucking kidnapped this isn't like a real story no joke the apartment complex is right next door call the cops the cops come bashing my window when I'm asleep, pull this fucking guy out of the car, take his ass to jail. Uh, and then I wake up in the morning, I'm looking for my car. There's not shit anywhere. So I'm just like, oh, fuck, what happened to my car? I'm walking up and down. I call Asia. I'm like, Asia, did you see my car? I swear it was right here last night. She goes, oh, yeah, it's over by the apartments. I was like, it's not here. So they all come down like a search party trying to help me out. Right. There's glass in this one area. So we're just like, OK, that's that's there. And this is just the day that. It happened to be that my dad's coming into town to see me. So my face is all messed up. You know, I'm all bloody. We go to sushi and I'll never forget it. My dad is like super emotional, bro. He's like, I just can't believe this. Like, what the fuck are you doing, basically? And so that's actually what catapulted me and coming back home. He's like, you just need to get out of that, you know, um, space and come back home. You're going to get yourself killed. I mean, it's kind of one of those situations. So, yeah, it was a pretty crazy story, man. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Um, so you did that and then you went home. Yep. When did you meet your wife and what got you into mortgages? 
Met my wife uh, actually when I was 15 or 16. Okay. And we were together for a bit and then we split up and then we went our own separate ways. Um, met again when I moved back around, I have to ask, ask her it's like 23 or 24, something uh -huh. like that. She's a year below me. So she was 22 or 23 and, um, just didn't really know what I was going to do, man. I was going to junior college here and just kind of doing my thing. And then my stepdad, he happened to be a loan officer. Okay. And so he was like, Hey man, get your mortgage license. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll get my mortgage license, get my mortgage license was kind of like half-ass in it. I wasn't really, I have a mortgage license hung at a company, but I wasn't uh -huh. really doing anything. I wasn't trying to build my business or get more deals or anything like that. Right. Um, I was just kind of, I was hung and I was going to junior college, got into a network marketing company. And this is actually a company that catapulted me and helped me grow. I think those companies are great. I actually, I think they're legit, bro. I they mean, are. They if are. You no. can do good at them, bro. You have all the skills you need to be successful. No, exactly. And they teach you a lot. And that's the main thing. I learned a shit ton about positive mindset, how to think and how to grow and how to think on a higher level. And so once I got out of that company, I was like, OK, it was a magic. It was called Kong and Water Machines. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. It's like a water machine. It's pretty cool. Got out of that. And I was like, if I apply what I learned in the mortgages, what could I accomplish? Because I was already kind of doing a few deals here and there in mortgages. And this was like 2018. I was at Homebridge. Okay. So I uh, started applying stuff. And the first year I went from zero or, you know, not zero, but four million or whatever it was to like 20 million uh, just by basic just, shit, cold calling yeah. with realtors, things like that. 2019. So 2019. 2019 was like 36 million. 2020, it was like a little bit more. And then 2021 is where I closed 110 million. 2020 was, yeah, 2020 was 110 million. 2020 was, it's like 50 million. Okay. So That's every year jump. since yeah. then, I've just basically doubled by implementing these things I learned and also more information and learning stuff and getting people, you know, around people like you and Jason Pritchard and other people that, that are thinking at that, you know, yeah. that way. So, so who, bro, who are your mentors in this? nobody really bro to be honest with you uh i had people that taught me the sales side like uh -huh. hey this is what you this is how you do a mortgage this is how you do a loan this is how you package a deal uh-huh but i didn't have anybody that really taught me like how do you scale it mm -hmm. you know nobody really showed me that and i feel like in the corporate environment they really don't show you that because they don't want you to scale they don't want they want you to be a loan officer they want you to just yeah do the loans right um for a period of time then you can kind of work your way up the corporate ladder which is kind of why I got out and just started doing my own thing and kind of self-taught myself a lot of stuff just by watching YouTube and podcasts. And I paid for coaching with core coaching and there's a lot of different things I did, but okay. Yeah. And so you aren't, you aren't any masterminds, nothing, no masterminds, no, no networking events. Honestly, bro, I'm a pretty big introvert. Uh, I can be extroverted, uh -huh. but I'm, I'm kind of like a quiet guy at okay. the end of the day. Um, I like my alone time. I like just chilling at home. So, yeah, nah, no, no masterminds, no networking events, nothing like that, really. All right. Don't mind me on my phone, bro. Yeah, yeah, no questions. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No worries. <laughs> no worries, man. So, I mean, I got two points. So, this weekend, we were at an event where this dude, his parents are like some of the richest people in the state of Utah. Wow. Okay. And they did it all in MLM. That's amazing. Like billions of dollars a month, MLM. That's insane. Like insanity. And he's one of the most, I made a podcast about it. He's like one of the most well-polished kid. Like he's 28. Last year, his company did $130 million in rev. That's insane. 
and just like well polished. And he's like, I was traveling with my parents all the time, hearing them speaking on stages. So like the programming, just from the MLM mindset, just learning that, learning all of that completely transformed him. Like I thought that was pretty cool. That's really interesting. Yeah, right. that's it made, cool. It made me think about like bringing my son a lot more, like right. exposing him to a lot more. Like yeah, bro, go to daycare, play with kids, but at the same time, he needs to see like all this and like learn how to do it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm not sure. Me and you probably weren't ever taught exactly how to scale a hundred million dollar company, right? So, but we can do that, you know. What exactly. I mean? the right learning and the right people around us. So, so like, yeah. what's what's your goal? Like, what what do you want to do overall? Uh, revenue, income wise, what do you? Income uh, revenue is always a good vanity number, right? Yeah, true. Um, I want to net within two years, and maybe I'm thinking too small, but I want to net out of my mortgage business about five to six million dollars a year. Okay, net income. Um, last year I netted, uh, over a million dollars and that was with me, like basically running a bunch of shit through the business that could have been, you know, cars to and you. other yeah. stuff, you know, to me. So I want to, I want to net about 5 million and then I want to eventually more so morph into this, uh, investment side, which I'm already doing. I have a few rental properties uh -huh. and I'm starting these Airbnbs, but I want to get the cash flow up enough to where I can just keep reinvesting exactly. that money and then also have the mortgage business bringing me in deals right but if you're closing a billion in loans it's see that's the thing with the mortgage industry you kind of cap out of it um even at a billion in loans if you do the math when it what it takes to actually hire the processors and uh -huh. all these people you're probably going to net maybe 13 million dollars a year and like 15. you know is there a lot of diminishing returns after a billion no you could do more but it's it's really hard because there's only so many mortgages out there, out there right even the number one guy's doing a billion in the whole nation Okay. The whole nation out of every single loan officer. Uh -huh. So I'm not saying it's not possible. It's definitely possible. You could think bigger and you could do more. Um, but more doing more in mortgage is not necessarily my goal. I want to keep doing what I'm doing and yeah. growing it, but I want to branch out and do more than just mortgages. So. Okay. And so why do you want to branch out and do more? I think we all want to branch out of whatever field we're in and go do cooler shit. Uh, passive income, bro. I want the cash flow. I want the, the cash flow. Okay. Right. I mean, that's just the biggest thing for me is I want to be, I want my time freedom. I want to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I want to be able to travel wherever I want. I want to have a jet. I want to fucking do whatever I want. You know what I mean? I don't want to um, be held by having to work a job. Like I want to be able to wake up and I just collect the paycheck, mm -hmm. which happens through real estate, really. I mean, you can do it through MLM is a great way or, you know, other companies as well. But I like the idea of real estate uh, providing that passive. And I, so. I feel like, so one thing that I've like somewhat pivoted into, I was like, well, businesses set up the right will always bring me cash flow, but the real estate depreciation is what you really want. You're right. Especially like now that you're netting a million, bro. Like you need the right. depreciation. That, I mean, dude, this year my CPA worked freaking miracles, bro. <laughs> <laughs> worked miracles. So Tyler McNabb. Tyler McNabb? Yeah, he's a beast. He's yeah. a beast. Um. What are you doing for marketing, dude? Like, how are you getting in front of so many people? Is it all networking with realtors? Networking with realtors. I have one business development manager guy right now. Um, and, you know, I have three LOs coming aboard. Uh, they already came aboard, but we're kind of getting them up and running, right? Uh -huh. And I'm doing three at a time because I don't just, I don't want it to be a numbers game where you just bring on as many LOs and all the LOs are only doing $500,000 in fucking production yeah. a month, which is what most of these companies are doing. I want to invest time in these guys so that they can do three, four, five million and they'll never want to leave me because they're like, I got this amazing mentor that's helping me bank. grow yeah. and they're making great income. And he and he's teaching me how to invest and be financially smart and market, market on social media. So branching out in that way, but just for myself, 
meeting with realtors. Um, social media has been huge. It's just, it's created that omnipresence, dude. Yeah. It's created that omnipresence of just being in front of people 24 seven. Facebook is, you know, really big with realtors and stuff and things like that. So those have been things that have been key to my business and it's kind of opened the door for when I, um, like post and then I reach out to these people. Uh-huh. They already know who I, I already am. Know you. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. It's not like you can look at it and just like, Oh my God, I got all these referrals from social media. It's the omnipresence and top of mind awareness it's created for me in the market. So I've probably become the most well-known mortgage broker in the market because of social media. As That's far as Fresno? As or? far as Fresno. As far as Fresno. Yeah. yeah. When did you start leaning heavy into social media? September of 2019. Actually, right when I joined Nexa. Okay. So I joined Nexa in September 2019, started that whole thing. Um, and that's when I started and doing social media. My first videos, bro, were terrible. I literally was wearing a fucking cardigan, like <laughs> in a sweater. <laughs> I go back and I'm just like, what was I doing? I was all suited up. Just wasn't really me. You know what I mean? I was trying to be all like uh, this corporate figure, but that's just not who I am. Exactly. You know? So um, I've, I've definitely molded and gotten better over the time. Well, that's the hard part about social bros. Everybody tries to be like all pristine and everything else where people really just want raw shit. They just want genuine. They yeah, want genuine. genuine and raw and just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And that'll translate so much more. Absolutely. Yeah. Then especially, bro, if you're driving around in a truck, everybody in Fresno drives around in a truck anyways. Like That's true. But like yeah. it resonates with them. Mm -hmm. For me, I mean, that's because we have to talk to people about social media all the time. Right. And that is the biggest thing and omnipresence. Yeah. How do you guys have like a certain amount of times you're posting a day or anything? It used to be every single day. Um, now I'm just really focused on just trying to create really quality educational content. And so even if I post every couple of days, I'm okay with that. Because it's like an actual nugget. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before I was just posting like a, like a shitty picture, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, well, this picture is not what I want. So I've really kind of dialed in and focused on just like, how am I going to, make the most impact with my post, trying to level that up. That's definitely something I'm working on. It's not a category I'm very strong in at the moment, but it's something uh -huh. I'm becoming stronger in for sure. Um, and then I'm starting YouTube. So I already created like two videos for YouTube. I'm going to get that all polished up, um, scripting it, the whole thing, have a teleprompter, like trying to write it all down. And bro, I realized real quick that this shit takes a lot of time. Bro. These guys that are on YouTube, bro, they're savages. Like, it's a lot of work. It's not just like, oh, going on and talking. These guys are dialing every video dialing in. All in. Yeah. So they dial it all in. And then like there's there's such delayed gratification with like the social game, dude. Like YouTube, social media. It's you're playing like a five year game to like actually see any type of returns from it. Yeah. Maybe even longer. Right? Maybe, like maybe, maybe even longer. longer. Especially <laughs> in YouTube, bro. Like YouTube, we've been doing it and we're pivoting more into like educational content. But like YouTube, the podcast, Instagram, TikTok, you can get a little bit stuff faster. Right. But it has been a grind. TikTok's algorithm is crazy, dude. You can yeah. post one video and blow up. Yeah. You know, I haven't really gotten into TikTok much. So I need to, though. It's a black hole. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. So, it's addicting because for me, like they just show me the funniest shit. Yeah, dude. That's the problem with, right? We consume. We consume so much social media and I've really been trying to work on that, not consuming so much Yeah, and trying to look at what these successful people on social media are doing and say, okay, what is he doing that I'm not doing and what do I need to pivot? Cause we can, we don't have to be the same, but we can kind of take, see what they're doing. They're doing and, something and right. See what the market's, yeah. you know, asking for. So 
So, I mean, for me, bro, I, I delete, I try and delete all my social off my phone during working hours. Oh, that's smart. So do you actually just delete the app? Yeah, I just delete the app. Like if you go in here, like I have nothing on here. That's actually smart. I just okay. have like all my, I just had Facebook because the hard part is all of our business runs through social. Right. And so like, if I have to get on like an app, I'll get it. But generally okay. they're off. But like, so like, you can see Facebook's like out here, not enough because I just downloaded it. There you go. Hey, so when did you start uh, Call Magicians? When did I start that? We started a couple years ago. Okay. When are, it'll be two years this year. Okay. Yeah, it'll be two years this year. Dang, you blew that up quick. Yeah. yeah I mean, social media. So that right, that's um, kind of where you guys pulled from. Yeah. A lot of it was like, so doing the podcast and then saying, hey, go use Call Magicians. Like in my podcast, right? And so, like, I'd get okay for whatever reason. I knew some decently successful like real estate investors, right? So I'd get them on my podcast, and on the intro, I'd say, "Hey, if you're looking for a virtual assistant, go to callmagicians.com." Right, right, right. And so that's how I did that for like guerrilla branding. And then, dude, you have a lot of word of mouth too. Like everybody that I know uses Call Magicians, Bo yeah. and Jason, and Scott. So yeah, like everybody out here. So we've somewhat capped it, and we've turned it into it's like a high ticket price to enter in with us in the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. Just because there's so many of us, we don't want to dilute it. Right, right, right. So like now to like work with us, it's like 15 grand up front if you're in Fresno. That's beast. Right. I mean, but it yeah, it makes it easier so we can all keep getting deals the way we want to get deals. Yeah, and then you're gonna get clientele that are dead serious. Ex- thank you. you know, like, and I deal with people who are us. like ready to go. They have the money. They understand the investment. Like they get the whole thing. Thing. If they generally, if it's we like we don't really even work with new people because like they just don't get as far as they see money is just spending money and they don't get the fact that it's investing yet. Mm. Right. Like marketing is really just investing. Absolutely. Like I'm still getting a return on my money. It's coming in and turning and bringing me back more cash. Dude, it's the biggest investment that you can make. Exactly. Investing yourself in marketing, right? Investing in your business rather than, I mean, stocks are great. Real estate's great, but nothing's going to make you more money than, than you, than you. Absolutely. Than you, bro. Like it's, and like, I love the growth talk things you were doing. Are you recording those and like putting them out? Uh, growth track? Yeah, the growth track. Oh, yeah. I'm not really uh, putting them out. We haven't clipped them up yet, but we probably should, huh? Oh, you should for yeah. sure. Like, I mean, because that's, for me, it's easy content because we're still playing. We're battling Grant Cardone. We're not battling like anyone else. Right. You know, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? That's like, if true. we're going to play like the content game, like we're going against Grant. Right. Who's putting out like six a day. So we, we put out yeah. six a day into yeah. like the Reels algorithm. But like, that's why yeah. we have so much content going on. Like, we'll put out four podcasts this week alone. Uh, one so this one holy crap a solo one one with uh michael zuber and then holy crap man so how long is that taken to clip up and all that it's gotta be taken i have an entire like editing okay. company gotcha that like handles all of it but nice. like i the commitment to it just for me like it, nothing else brings me that much leverage right so like let's say you want to scale out and like you can i'll use pineda so pineda just announced he was going out to real Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. So Ryan Pineda has like 250 subscribers on YouTube, 250K. Okay. Like his reach is absolutely massive, like millions of followers across all the platforms. Right. With that type of reach, by switching over to Real, which is just an MLM, you're going to make a million dollars a year. Just by hiring the people. Just by saying, hey, come join my team. That's actually how Nexus set up too. Nexus set up like Real and EXP. Really? That's why I joined it. Yeah. So I have probably about 40 people under me across the nation, Ohio, Texas, but I've never, there's people that got into it. And at the same time I got into it, they're like, I'm going to go all in on recruiting. 
And I was like, I'm going to go all in on production. Uh-huh. Now I'm doing production. I'm trying to scale this still. And they're just making like 150, 200 K um, a month from just off yeah. the recruiting because the recruiting at Nexus beast. Like you make 10 basis points off every deal, no matter what, off every loan officer. There's no cap besides $3,000 a month. 10 basis points is three, 400 bucks a deal. So imagine if you get 300 loan officers under you, you're making a lot of money quick and it goes down three levels. So it's kind of uh, yeah. a network marketing company like that. That's And so that's why I like social, right? So with anything, and I always like use like the Kylie Jenner example, dude. Right. So Kylie Jenner can say swipe up and buy my makeup and she makes more money than most people have ever even thought about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. And so that's why she's a billionaire. Right. So then I think about that. Okay. Well, what else can we do as far as our brand grows bigger? If I want to start another company, I don't have to go pay for any advertising, dude. Like think about The Rock. Mm-hmm. The Rock's like, I'm going to start tequila. People pay him for advertising. Right. And everyone's coming to him for like all these drink brands. He's like, no, I'm going to start my own. Instantly, the dude, is, he's going to sell that thing for a billion dollars plus. All because of. You think he's going to sell it? I think over. It. Yeah. yeah. I think overall he'll sell it. Um, so what are you doing to keep your mindset good? Like keep your mindset right. I mean, because it takes a lot to. Working out, dude. Really? That's how I do it. Yeah. I mean, some people meditate. Some people do whatever. I used to try all that stuff, dude. I used to wake up, do rain dances in the morning, you know, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I actually saw somebody, uh, Alex Ramosi, you probably heard of him. Bro, he's my, he's the goat of all business. <laughs> he's good, dude. I love his shit. And one thing he's, that stood out to me is like, stop doing all that shit. Just wake up and get to work. And that kind of resonated with me. I was like, that's fucking true. Let me try that. So I did. Right. And Same. it made a big difference, dude. Right. It made a big difference. I'll still work out in some mornings. Um, I'd say like four days a week, I'd get up and just get straight to work and then work out in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And then other days I'll get up uh, and just go straight to work out and then do the other stuff later or do the work. Oh, it's so much easier. Like, cause what resonated for me is like, dude, you only have so much like good time and focus in your day mm-hmm. and you're going to waste it doing a fucking rain dance. Like just wake <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. start plowing into whatever bullshit you have to. Like, have you read that book? Eat that frog. No, I'm guessing it's, it is legitimately just saying do the hard shit first and yeah, everything else will take care of itself. Well, and your brain is the most focused in the morning. Right. So like you wake up in the morning and your brain is more lit up than at nighttime when you're all freaking yeah. tired and all that kind of stuff. So um, I notice I get more done in the morning. I can get more done from like 430 to like nine than I could from nine to 12 or whatever it was with a half ass. Are you like, so are you a morning person? Because I know some dudes like can plow through stuff at night and like yeah. that. Abs- yeah. As yeah. soon as I come home, like I feel worthless. Like I can't yeah. get anything done in my house. Really? Are you just. Like I, I I will keep myself here. Like yesterday, I left here at like nine because okay. I know as soon as I go home, go through those doors. Nothing. And but got, it's and it's a switch too because you got kids, right? So like all of that. Like as soon as I leave, nothing else is getting done. And so you got little ones at home. Yeah, so that's important too. It's really important. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a morning person, but to be honest, I'm not gonna be the guy that sits here and just like oh, I can wake up at three o'clock every day or four o'clock every day. Uh-huh. Some days I wake up at five. Some days I wake up at fucking seven thirty. Some days I wake up at six. You know, um, usually never past seven thirty. If it's ne- if it's past seven thirty, then I was up all night before or something. Yeah. You know, um, and then I just get to work, bro. Like today, I woke up. I think at six thirty. Had some coffee. Took care of a bunch of stuff that I had to do this morning before I ran out to Oakhurst. So, what does your day to day look like, like in scaling your company? Like, is it just is it at this point it should all be leadership, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, it's pretty much leadership. Um, one thing that I haven't fully delegated yet is the initial client call. So I will really? take the initial client call for maybe five to 10 minutes. And then I, yeah, that, that's serious. And then I'll move that client um, to some, 
to somebody. I have one person that I trust. It's my BDM, who's actually my stepdad. He's working for me now. I will let him take the call. But that first initial touch with the client, I don't want to lose it. And that's something I need to delegate. I got to figure out somebody who can replace yeah. me. But that's also why I'm doing what I'm doing with bringing the loan officers on. Because once I bring loan officers on that are going out and getting their own business and I'm teaching them to grow and I get it, you know, a yeah, bunch you get of them, chunks. now I can move myself out of my business and then I can fully delegate that because I can lose deals and be okay with it. Right now, I don't want to lose deals. Yeah. So I got to take those calls. But it definitely is something I'm in the works of moving. So yeah, right now it's basically, I'll do those calls. Those don't take very long. I'll have meetings with my team, leadership meetings and kind of pushing them in the right direction for the day. Um, if there's like a really bad situation or a fire, I will probably jump in, figure out that, help that out and uh, just work on the business, bro. Like what can I do to improve my business today? What can I do to facilitate a better system or a better process or more marketing? That's what my day okay. looks like. No, all right. I'm that call puzzles me. What the fuck are you saying on that call that is that important over that five minute span that you can't hire on someone and pay them a hundred grand for? Yeah, it's just the 10 minute call of just the introduction to the client and just you know introducing them to my team and just kind of talking in with them and kind of the initial sale basically. Okay, it's the initial close. Um, because if they call somebody who's not knowledgeable or they don't like on the phone, they're just going to go somewhere else. And how we have things set up is I make it very, um, like, I don't want to meet with people. I don't want yep. my people meeting with people. We can do more with online applications and still providing that service. Exactly. So I, it's important for me to kind of lock that client in so that they have the trust that we're going to do a good job for them. And then they just do everything else online. Okay. And then from there, it's passed on to my team. My team's doing the pre-approval, the loan estimate, you know, the whole thing. Um, facilitating them, facilitating them to the process, everything else. So you and so this that five minute call is like a sales call though like it's not like an introductory call like you're they're calling you you're closing them yeah I'm closing them on my team okay yeah I feel it yeah. and do you have like an integrator or anything like uh, you mean like somebody like trying to push in uh, as far new ideas as, and stuff to the so as far as like visionary and integrator right you generally the sales guys the visionary then you have someone who's a lot more administrative and technical yeah I have ops. Francesca she's okay. my operations manager so she's definitely been growing and learning she's becoming the integrator i need okay um but yeah she does a lot of the integrating for my business now hiring people things like that interviewing people i tell her hey we i think we should do this she'll implement it in the business things like that so okay. she kind of directs traffic basically i feel that yeah so like what what books were you reading i mean because if, if you think about it you started this and you started with nexo in 2019 we started mortgages four years ago yeah four years ago realistically started like I'm trying to think of 2019 2020 and 2021 2019 is like when i went all in 2018 okay. is like when i started kind of moving forward yeah so in f those four years what were the biggest changes that you had just delegation bro and creating systems like getting enough business to hire people then hiring those people delegating that piece of the process so i call it my blueprint i'm actually going to make something sick for this okay with the mortgage industry but i basically wrote a blueprint that's mm -hmm. how I did it. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. I was like, maybe this will work. Let's try it. Wrote down every piece of the process in the mortgage from the very beginning, from getting the client, reaching out to the realtor, meetings of that sort, sales meetings, all the way to the process, all the way to the post-closing, the whole thing. Then I you know, kind of labeled out what are income producing activities, right? Uh -huh. And then I delegated out everything else that wasn't an income producing Fire. activity. Yep. That's how I started it. And then now I'm even kind of delegating out the income producing activities to an ISA into the VDM. 
where I'm kind of more just focused on the business overall growth. Because to go from 110 million in mortgages to 500 million is way different than 50 million to 110 million. You're pretty much doing the same shit from 50 to 110 million uh -huh. mortgages, calling people things like that. Going to 500 million, it's a completely different business. What so makes that's it what I'm so trying different? to figure it out. Well, you're just running it more like a corporation, more like a company at that point. You're not really, I mean, you can't deal with clients. I can't be taking the initial client yeah. call with 500 million in production. It's just not going to happen. There's going to be too many people. So figuring out how I delegate that to um, the right people is going to be the biggest thing for me. Okay. You know, to get to that point. So that's kind of why I want to meet with that guy, you know, who's doing over a billion oh, yeah, mortgages, dude. right? I'm going to pay him a pretty penny, but it's, it's worth, well worth penny, it, bro. dude, because he's going to literally tell me, hey, this is what you're doing um wrong and this is what you can do better and this is what i'm doing and not getting right this is we'll get you from here to here exactly he'll probably tell me what the hell are you doing with that first call bro you better fucking delegate that bro, shit he's right gonna away. tell you that right away i know <laughs> i know i know it's something i gotta let go of yeah. so, but i mean it got you here though like yeah. it got you here but what got us here doesn't ever get us to where we want to be exactly like once we're there yep yeah uh, what books are you reading dude uh Your favorite books right now i'm reading the trillionaire coach or trillionaire playbook or something like that. Oh. It's a good code. It's a good book. I forget the uh, author. Um, and then a book that was really helpful for my business was Traction. Have you read that book? Oh yeah. Breaks everything down. That's you know, the visionary integrator. Yeah. And then um, Law of Success. Never heard of that one. It's a great book. Um, Think and Grow Rich, of course, like the basics, but. You know, with kids and stuff, and I'm not, I don't want to make an excuse, but I just really don't enjoy reading that much. So I don't read as much as I used to. I used to read a lot more. Now I'll read maybe three, four times a week, something okay. like that. And then I'll listen to podcasts, yeah. YouTube, you know, audiobooks, things like that. You got two kids? Uh, two kids. Do you have, you have one on the way? Uh, none on the way. I'm trying to, you know, shoot for a girl, but my wife's like, no more. We're not having any kids. No more kids? She doesn't want any more. Wow. Two got a two and a half year old boy and another uh, six month old boy. Okay, that was awesome. Yeah. So we got these books. What are you doing to help your team develop more as leaders? That's a great. That's a great question, bro. That's actually a really good question. I'll tell you why. Because for me, for a long time, I wasn't developing leaders. For a long time, I just was just having people in my business that were working, doing stuff. Me. Yeah, doing <laughs> stuff. Um. So yeah, no, I basically. And helping them grow by, you know, the meetings that we do, the the coaching calls, essentially uh -huh. the, the stuff that I uh, like. One thing that we're trying to do right now is implement like almost like a not like a book club, but like a book that they can read. I want them to read the likes, the like it switch, which is a great yeah. book to read when they're talking to clients. Right. Because they can kind of know what makes people tick. So doing doing things from that uh, point of view and then really focused on like the heads of each department. I call them my generals. Yep. So I have. Francesca operations. Mark is um, like kind of outside sales and then Angel would be internal sales. OK, so working on my generals to get them to be able to run those pieces of the company, uh, you know, is going to be huge for me because I'm going to need them to be able to hire people, run that sort of you know side of the business. Let's say I have 60, 70 employees. I'm not going to be able to freaking talk to all these people and run all that. You know, yeah. so right now we have. Ten employees. Okay. 10 employees. Uh, and then we just hired three loan officers. I don't consider them really employees because they're off doing their own. Sales Are they things. like all 1099 and they just pretty much. Uh, they're W2. Really? Yeah. I'm talking about the loan officers. So they're this, w -2 is gonna, too? this is going to trip you out. They're W2. 
Well, you're you're a W two too, though. Yeah, it's explain horrible. that, bro. It's horrible. So with the mortgage industry, you can get ten ninety nine, but there's like some compliance laws, and some companies just aren't comfortable with it because of the two thousand eight collapse. They came in and re regulated everything. I don't know exactly why, but they want people W two. Now we still are operating our own business within the profit and loss, and we have an Amex card. I can run everything through my business and all that kind of stuff. But I am W two. So that's why that million know. went out through a W two though. Yes, that net million. I have a W two for <laughs> net on there. Yep. Is but here's me? the thing: I have another company, a consulting business, that is taking a huge write off. Okay. Okay. I have rental income that's taking a huge write off. Shout out to my CPA again; he saved my life. And that's the kind of stuff that's reducing my. my yeah, I was gonna income. say, dude, because yeah. like even the dudes in the NFL, like the new ones. Yeah, they're paying more than half of their paycheck are they w2 doesn't w2 so get this that tripped me out when i saw that. so they're w2 and they're depreciatable assets for nfl owners because they are depre like they depreciate over time and so the owners like all those salaries and shit it's the fucking write-off because the person's honestly losing value over time let's say the shelf life is on average three years right, right. fucking bananas that's insane that's crazy you know um austin wentworth yeah i was talking i've to never him. i've never talked to him but he was a, a god when i came in yeah, he's a good dude, bro. He's a really you should, you should meet him um, about that. And I think he mentioned they were W-2, and I was like, what the hell? I did not realize that. Bro, they come so even, in. They don't have a CPA. So even Tom Brady is w 2 Yeah. Dude, he's got to be able to work out a deal. He's going to be like, I'm Tom Brady. I, like, I right, you would think so when you have fucking 15 million coming in a year, and you're like, no, nah, bro, like I'm an independent contractor. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. But I don't know. As far as I know, my best friend plays for the Cowboys. Excuse me. And like year one, he told me how much he had to pay in taxes. And I was like, what? <laughs> he's got to get rentals, bro. He's got to get, he's gotta get rentals. And well, he did a shit on TurboTax. He's like, okay, it's time to get a fucking CPA. Yeah, that will. Right, but they have to pay in every state that they play in. They pay taxes in that state. So like, it, it is a disaster as being like a pro athlete as far as like figuring out all that financial shit. That's crazy. What's the average salary for like a, uh, it's like a couple million, right? It's not um, less. I've league seen. minimum is like seven or 800 grand right now. Okay. And then it just goes up and up and up from there. Plus they get pretty good at health benefits, I'm mm -hmm. guessing and whatnot, which that doesn't really matter that much, but I mean, I yeah. would imagine they would get like full care for anything that happens to them. Right. Dude, yeah. it up there is such a wild game. So like you don't even go, you don't go to them when you're hurt, you go to a third party doctor. Because you don't want them to have anything against you when contract negotiation comes. Uh, okay. Like nothing. Like, sense. oh, because like one of my good friends, Shan, when he went to the Chiefs out of college, they said, if you hurt your shoulder, you're cut. And he was about to make the roster and his shoulder like came out and he fucking popped it back in. And they found out and they cut. Bro, that's savage. They're like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's so that, crazy. They just, yeah. That's like, how that world is up there. It's just a fat business of like different depreciatable assets who like bring you in more money over time. Wow. You're basically <laughs> just instruments, bro, for them, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're a very expensive instrument. I'll right. Be. Yeah, you're making some good money, though. And you're an NFL football player. But. Yeah, you're an NFL football yeah. player. What else would I have, dude? So start the growth track to help people, dude, honestly. Okay. Um, and that's kind of why I, mean, I think you may have saw that you liked it, but uh, doing lunches with people and stuff. I, I did like that. I just want to help people, dude. Like, I just want people to realize that it's possible because I'm nothing special, bro. I don't have a college degree, barely graduated high school, um, was not the kid that they'd be like, oh, he's going to succeed. Right. You know, they'd be like, this fucking dumbass is, he's going nowhere. And yeah. um, 
So I just, I want to be able to pour that into people. Like you can do it. You just have to take the steps. So that's why I started. I think that's the biggest thing is that like you can really, you can change your life by just applying a couple things you could learn on YouTube. Yeah. Right. By applying stuff from you, from me, from Pritchard, from Dean, like if you, because everything we put out is free. Like if you just follow those things, you'll be making $10,000 a month. And most people don't ever even think about that. Well, their brain's not open to it, right? They look at it and they're just, they, they hate, they look at it and they, they despise the people on the media doing shit. And it's like, these right. people are trying to help you, you know? Um, so that is amazing. Do you have any other like parting words for us, bro? No, no, nothing. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Bro. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, do you have plug your companies, dude? Uh, Axon Mortgage uh fresno we're local here in fresno california and uh hop on growth track guys if you want to check that out appreciate you guys listening and thank you strap where else can people find out more about you ig handle facebook yeah yeah corbin.claypool right now it's going to change to corbin claypool but corbin.claypool uh look me up on facebook add me as a friend or follow me uh you can just look me up at corbin claypool there too so hell yeah bro thank you so much for coming on appreciate it thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you strap Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Winning Move Podcast. I hope it helps you make all the right moves in your life and business. Please make sure to go like and subscribe on any podcast platform that you're listening to. And make sure to go follow me on Instagram at Strat Daddy. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon.